Once again, I'm excited to welcome you this morning, and we're excited to share what God has in store for us this morning, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. If you have the Version app, you'll find the outline to today's message right there under events. If you put in Impact City Church, all the scriptures will be provided for you on the screen. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 1 through 5, Paul says this, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, in keeping with the promise of life that is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, my dear son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father in Christ Jesus our Lord, thanksgiving. I thank God whom I serve as my ancestors did with a clear conscience. As night and day, I constantly remember you in my prayers, recalling your tears. I long to see you so that I may so that I may be filled with joy. I am reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother, Lois, and in your grandmother, Eunice, and in your mother, Eunice. And I am persuaded now lives in you also. Paul the teacher, Paul the pastor, Paul the evangelist, the mentor, to other people who serve in ministry, is writing to one of his closest friends, who we know as Timothy. And Paul writes to his spiritual son, and his attempt, his motive is to encourage him in his faith. Timothy at this time is alone, and he's dealing with a difficult church in the city of Ephesus, where before Timothy could allow Paul to partner with him, could allow Paul to come in and ease the burden, take a lead in the situation, Timothy finds himself alone. Paul is not with him at this time. Paul is not there to support him. Paul is not there to cheer him on physically. And the scripture tells us something interesting about Timothy. It lists several characteristics. It lists several attributes about this man that Paul is writing to. And we understand that he's a sensitive man. 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 4 tells us, Recalling your tears, I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. He has a good conscience. 1 Timothy 1.19 says, Holding on to faith and good conscience, which some have rejected and so have suffered shipwreck with regard to the faith. We understand that he is faithful to the Lord. 1 Corinthians 4.17 says, For this reason I have sent to you Timothy, my son, who I love, who is faithful in the Lord. He will remind you of my way in the life of Christ Jesus, which agrees with what I teach everywhere in every church. Not only that, but in the book of Acts, chapter 19 and chapter 20, we see that Paul trusted him to take over and to carry the work and to keep it going. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, we read about Timothy's encouraging report after having ministered for some time. In Philippians chapter 2, verses 19 through 24, Paul lets us know that Timothy, this guy, he takes a genuine interest in people, that Paul cares about him. 
so much to the point that in 1 Timothy 1 and 2 and in 2 Timothy 1 and 2, as he addresses his letters, he calls him my son. He calls him my son. And though, the, though these character qualities that we see here that are just defined to us by the Apostle Paul don't get listed on resumes, it is clear that Timothy is no doubt a solid, genuine, authentic man of integrity. He's a man of character, and he is a man of faith. Most would say mothers and fathers would have no hesitation with letting their daughters date him. Timothy was one of a kind, and naturally, we have to ask, how did he get there? What, what kind of upbringing? You know, when you look at someone and you say, who, who are his parents? You can ask that in a positive way, and you can also ask that in a negative way, in like manner. But what we see here is that there are some values and there are some there's character that leaves a lasting impact, that makes a significant and substantial change and just has the ability to change somebody's life because of the way people live. So in Acts chapter 16, we see what we can understand about the life of this guy named Timothy, this man named Timothy. The text tells us that Timothy's mom was a Jew. His father was a Gentile. To us, this means nothing, but back then it meant a whole lot because Jews didn't marry Gentiles and Gentiles didn't marry Jews. But the text also tells us something else in regards that Timothy's mom, Eunice, was a believer in Jesus. She was no doubt a woman of faith. She was someone who had high esteem in who Jesus was. And it says nothing about the faith of Timothy's father but because he was a Gentile, researchers and scholars believe that he was not a man of faith. So I want to highlight this very important point here today for all the women in this place who have a husband who may be at this time disinterested in God. I want to tell you that Timothy's mom was in your shoes. And the same holds true for every husband, for every father in this place, that maybe you have a disinterested wife. Timothy was impacted through the faith of one parent. Timothy was impacted through the faith of a single parent. I'm glad that the Bible highlights this because it lets us know that our God worked, amen, and can work still today through any family situation. I'm glad that the Bible reminds us and lets us know that not every story is perfect, but that God doesn't need the perfect to be able to do something great in and that. It doesn't matter what your family situation looks like, that does not disqualify you from being an excellent candidate for God. You may have gone through turmoil, you may have gone through trouble, you may have not had the best experience, but I want you to know that that does not hinder God from doing a great work in your life today. And if you find yourself here today fragmented, if you find yourself in pieces, you are an exceptional candidate for God. All that you need is a word from heaven and God can change your circumstance. He can change your problem. He can change your life. He can change your heart. I'm going to go a little bit further. He can change your husband. He can change your wife. He can change your son. He, you know that son that you're dealing with that's rebellious and wants nothing to do with God, I'm telling you, I know a God. 
I serve a God and his name is Jesus and he can do the impossible. I serve a God and his name is Jesus and he can work in every heart and every mind and in every life. He can because the truth is that there is no prescribed way for him to work. He can redeem and he can touch lives in any scenario. I'll say that one more time. He can redeem and he can touch lives in any scenario. He can work through the failures. He can work through the past mistakes. He can work through the poor choices. He can work through the hangups and he can work through the disappointments. He can work through your family's dysfunction. He can work through it all. He can work through it all. In our text this morning, Paul describes Timothy's faith in verse 5 as being sincere. And he says, I have been reminded of your sincere faith. Other translations use the word genuine in place of sincere. Timothy's faith wasn't learned from books. It wasn't just the facts. His faith wasn't just acquired or gained through memorization. He wasn't just a smart young man. No, Timothy's faith wasn't something that he did out of habit. It wasn't something that he did out of routine. No, Timothy's faith, faith was sincere and his faith was genuine. It's who he was. His faith was not a show, it was not a demonstration, it was not an act that he performed to make himself feel good or to make others around him feel good. No, it was who he was on Monday, it was who he was on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. It was how he lived at home, it was how he lived on the road, it was how he lived at the market, it's how he lived when he came into the temple around his friends and maybe around those that he didn't even know. He was consistent. He was consistent, and we see that through the scriptures. So the question is, how did this happen? How does a child born into a family with mixed and contrasting beliefs and practices regarding religion and regarding who Jesus is come to be a person who is so instrumental and so critical in the work of God? And Paul points this out, and he indicates some factors that led Timothy to become the man who we see him be. And I'll read verse 5 again. He says, I am reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois, and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that it now lives in you. Then Paul writes in Philippians chapter 2 and verse 20, he says, I have no one else like him who will show genuine concern for your welfare. So the first thing that stands out is influence, is influence. Paul indicates that God used a mom and God used a grandma in, an, in a significant way to impact, to impact this child at a very young age. Timothy's sincere faith did not come by accident, but it was intentional. It came as a direct result, and through the impact of his mother Eunice and his grandmother Lois, Timothy was a third-generation believer, a third-generation Christian. Grandma Lois to her daughter Eunice, and then Eunice to her son, Timothy, I've been reminded of your sincere faith that first lived in your grandmother, but now, and then in your mother, but now it lives 
in you. Paul recognizes and Paul stops and he reflects and he knows the impact of a mother. Paul knows. He understands that this man who has worked beside him in the name of Jesus Christ was first pointed in the direction of where his life is at now because of his mother, Eunice, who was impacted directly by her mother, Lois, Timothy's grandmother. So parents here today, the faith that we long for in our children, can I tell you, and the faith that we long for in our grandchildren has to grow and first has to live inside of us. Timothy's faith, his sincere, genuine faith that he lived, that he exhibited, had its origins in his mom and in his grandmother. They demonstrated a life that was full of faith, and Timothy saw it. Timothy recognized it. It stood out to him. Parents, I, gotta, I have to tell you that it can't just be the church's role to raise up your child in the faith. We have an exceptional kids' ministry here. But I want to tell you, it can't all be on them. The church gets your child for just a few hours a week at most. But they see you and they're influenced by you the vast majority of the time. It cannot be the church's role or solely the church's responsibility to raise up a child in faith. No, it does, it does have the role of partnering with you and coming alongside with you in your efforts. But it is up to us as parents to be the primary ones who direct our children in that way. It is our responsibility to shape. It is our responsibility to mold and to steer them in their journey. We have to be the influence that they see. The second thing that we see Timothy's grandma, his grandmother, and his mother, what they did so well was that they taught. So parents here today, moms here today, teach. If you're desiring to influence and impact your kids, if you're here desiring to impact your grandkids in the way of Jesus, the question that we have to ask ourselves this morning is what are we doing to grow our faith? What efforts are we taking? What efforts are we making to be the person, to be the people that we long for our kids to become? What are our children seeing? What are our grandchildren seen because it's been said that children often become what they see and what I love about the text is that Timothy's sincere faith first lived in his mom and it first lived in his grandmother moms and dads grandpas and grandmas here today that which you long to see grow in and mature in your children it first has to be present in our lives in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 14 through 15, Paul takes a moment and tells us something else that caused Timothy to become the person that we see him to be. The person that he, he is now as an adult. And he says this, but as for you, continuing what you have learned and what you have become convinced of because you know those from whom you've learned it and how from infancy you have known the script, the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Paul somehow 
found out that when Timothy was just a child, when he was just an infant, should I say, he began to learn the scriptures. His mom and his grandmother were, again, intentional and perhaps made it their mission in life. They made it a point to. They took time to. They made the time for it. They chose to not do or they chose to not be involved in certain things so that they could teach young Timothy the scriptures. Why? Because his word is alive. Why? Because his word is powerful. Psalms 119 verses, uh, and verse 11 tells us that when we hide the scripture within us, when we digest it, when it becomes who we are, when we come to know it, our way is kept pure and our sinful tendencies weaken. Timothy's parents started when he was just young, when he was an infant. So why is this so important for us this morning? Because it's never too early to start. It's never too early to start. And if you think it's too late, if you think, if you say to yourself, my kids are older now, I can tell you, start now. Read the Bible. Start praying. Tell the stories. Learn the verses. Give. Let's give our children some roots that will be able to anchor them from the, for the years ahead. I'll say that one more time. Let's give them some roots that when life's trouble comes their way, when trouble and when challenges persist, that they would be able to stand firm on what they have been taught. When they would be able, when they will be able to say, no, I, I don't go over there or I don't do that because I know. I know a different way that, that they would be able to, to have some roots and be grounded in the truth of God's word. I, I read the story of one particular national park, and it had a description of a certain pine tree that was there. And it said this, that for the first five years of that tree's life, that tree will only grow one foot above the ground. One foot, that's all. But during those same five years, those first five years, it begins to grow some roots. And it grows roots that are four feet deep. Roots that will be able to hold that tree in place. Roots that will be able to find deep waters in a dry season. Roots that will be able to keep that tree alive because let's be honest, the world that we live in is full of trouble. And our children will face challenges in school. They'll face challenges wherever they may be. But it is up to us. We have the privilege and we have the opportunity to be able to allow them to, to know the God that, that we know, that we would be able to invest in them and that they would be able to grow some roots into the ground, that when dry seasons come in life, that when dry moments come in life, that when challenges, challenging and difficult times come in life that, that they'll be able to stand firm uh, on the truth of God's word. Uh, and, and you know what I'm talking about here today uh, because there, there are some of us in this place today that were taught at a very young age uh, and that we had some influential parents, grandparents, aunts, uncles uh, that shared who Jesus was uh, in our lives. Uh, and there are some survivors in this place this morning that have been through some stuff. Uh, is there anybody that's been through some stuff and says the God, hallelujah, 
the God that we serve, he is able to hold us uh, together when life seems overwhelming, when life seems too much. Uh, we know that God can preserve us, that can, he can put all the pieces of our lives back together again, uh, that while others may lose it, but God keeps us together, that, that the God that we serve would be my children's God also, and that the God that you serve would be your grandchildren's God also, that the same God that sustained us, the same God that has held us will hold them. Hallelujah. Let's give them some roots and let's teach them the truth of God's word because Timothy became the man that he was due to the godly impact of his mom and his grandma. Parents in this place today, moms in this place today, you have, we have an incredible opportunity to be able to share Jesus. Grandparents in this place, you have an incredible opportunity to build some roots in our children's lives. The faith that Timothy had, that first lived in his mom, that first lived in his grandma, he, he began to grow these roots at such a young age. And the last thing that Timothy's mom did was that she let go. She let go. If the worship team would join me. So she influenced. They influenced. Lois and Eunice together, they influenced and then they taught. They were intentional about what they did with their time. And the last thing that they did was they released Timothy. She let him go and she released him to God's greater glory. And God's greater purpose. Here was a mom who carefully taught. Here was a mom who carefully modeled the faith that she had been passed. Here was a mom who exposed her child to the teaching and the life of faith. And yet this mom understood that there were other people that Timothy was going to come across as he did with Paul. There was other people and other experiences that would take what she had taught and that would broaden his experience. That, that they would take what she taught and because of that, the experiences that he would face later would take Timothy to a deeper level. Eunice, Timothy's mom let him go. Timothy joined Paul in his second missionary journey. Timothy learned from Paul, the two of them traveling and preaching and teaching together and being able to comfort people and to be able to just say, hey, you know what? Do you know Jesus? He changed my life and he can change your life. And we see the story come full circle because we see Timothy doing some incredible things and doing some great things, but it's because there was a mom there that made it her task, that made it her mission to be able to pour into him. So here's Timothy traveling with Paul. They encounter some desperate situations, some occasions where God is able to be glorified in their life. 
some occasions where their backs were against the wall. Some occasions where life was hard. And nowhere did, do we read of Eunice ever saying, come back, Timothy. Come home. I didn't raise you for this. No, she understood that God's purpose was greater. Here was a mom who first lived the faith she wanted her son to have. Here's a mom who taught the faith from an early age. And here's a mom who let go and said, you know what? I've done what I can do, but I trust God to do the rest. And there's some of you in this place today that you find yourself in between point two and point three. There's some of you in this place today who have done everything within your power and you feel like maybe it, it, things haven't gone your way. Can I encourage you and tell you keep praying? Keep believing that your children may, may seem rebellious right now. They may be rebellious right now, but it doesn't mean that they're too far gone from God. Maybe there's a loved one on your heart this morning that comes to mind that I want to tell you, keep praying. I want to tell you, and maybe you're in this place and there's just a lot of regret. And you're saying, I, I've made some poor choices I haven't done. You can start right now. You can start right now. You can change your mind if you want to. She taught him. She lived it. She taught him. She let him go. Here was a mom who trusted in God's love. Here was a mom who trusted in God's provision. Here's a mom who trusted in God's calling. And she trusted God more than her own abilities. She trusted God more than her own abilities. You've done. You've done what you can and you feel like it's not enough. You've done what you can and you feel like you're not gaining any ground. You've done what you can. You've tried your very best. Can I tell you, just trust God. Can I tell you today, just say, you know what? I, I'm going to let, let God do a work in your life because his ways are perfect. Timothy was God's first and then was her second. She let him go. Proverbs 22 and 6. Just train up a child in the way that he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. Some of us are living testimonies of this scripture who were taught at a young age, went and did our own thing. But because there was a seed planted, because there was a seed planted, there were some anchors thrown that brought us back. So I want to encourage you today, maybe for your children or for your grandchildren, for your nieces, for your nephews, that we would train up a child, that we would influence, that we would teach, and that we would release to God. And as I close, Eunice and Lois saw the fruit of their efforts later in life. I'm sure they enjoyed some great moments. I'm sure they enjoyed some great times, 
but the result and the outcome of their work, their lives, a fine character, were not rewarded immediately, no, but they were rewarded after. As I mentioned, I bet there were some great moments, just as there have been in our lives of raising children. Sure, there were times when there were some big smiles. But the real fruit of their work came years down the road. So moms, don't ever question your God-given role to care. Moms in this place, don't ever question the ability that God has entrusted you with. He does not make any accidents. There's no coincidence. And as I mentioned before, maybe you feel like you haven't been the best. Maybe you feel like there's some, F, there's some areas where you're, you're lacking. Can I tell you that there's, there's a God that cares enough about you, that is here to sustain you, that is here to encourage you, that is here to build you up, that as you're giving, that as you're giving, as, that, as you're pouring in, and that, as that strength and as your energy begins to, to dwindle, that we would go to God. So don't ever question your God-given role to care, to nurture, to bring up a child. When those times of doubt seem to prevail, remind yourself that the fruit comes later. Remind yourself that the fruit comes later. I fully recognize that today there may be a full range of emotions and countless scenarios and countless instances and countless events may be running through your mind right now. But I want to remind you of the words of the Apostle Paul when, when he wrote, he said, My, when I asked God when I seemed to be lost and when I seemed to not get the response that I was looking for, the Apostle Paul writes and he's reminded, he says, my grace is sufficient for you. And I want to tell you in this place that your heart may be heavy today. Your mind may be flooded with emotions, but I want to tell you that God reminds us, he says, my grace is sufficient for you. He sees your pain. He sees your tears. He sees the heartache. He sees the frustration. And he says, my grace is sufficient for you. Father, we thank you for our moms this day. We praise you with grateful hearts for the moms, for the ladies, for every grandmother, for every aunt, who have influenced us. As we remember our years, whether many or short, we can identify countless women who have encouraged us, who have loved us, who have nurtured us, who have helped us, who have directed us, who have cried with us, who have attended to us. Lord, we thank you today for the tenderness of women. Their quiet, but yet tenacious spirit. Their warm 
and their welcoming lives. God, you have blessed us, you have touched us, you have impacted us through moms in our lives, and we say thank you. We say thank you. Lord, for every mom in this place, you know the details. You know their specific needs. You know what's going on on the inside. You know the prayer requests that they've had before you. You know the questions that they've asked. God, I thank you that you are the answer. And I pray this morning that your hand would comfort, that your hand would direct, that your hand would strengthen, and that your hand would guide. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I'm going to ask every mom to, to join me up front. going to end service a little bit different today. But we want to pray for you. We want to pray for you. tell you that you are incredible. I want to tell you that you're fearfully and wonderfully made. I want to tell you that God knows the details. God knows the shortcomings. God knows what's weighing on your heart right now. God knows the strength that you need to keep on going. And today here at Impact City, we want you to know that we love you and that we bless you. We want you to know that you are highly favored. We want you to know that we are constantly praying for you, believing for God's very best over your life. And today everyone in this place is going to join me and just praying a prayer of blessing over you. That the strength, that the energy, that the virtue that you have given in raising your children, that the, that the effort that you have given trying at working and, and being able to come home and still have strength, God, God sees. God sees it. So everyone in this house, I'm going to invite everyone to please stand and we're going to pray over you and we're just going to pray that strength, we're going to pray for God's very best and his blessings over your life right now. Father, in this place, we thank you for the incredible, outstanding, exceptional moms in this place. God, I thank you that your hand is over them, that you are 
here in this place right now. God, and I thank you that you are a God that can meet every need, that while there may be countless, various different needs that are present here today, God, you know the sadness that we face, you know the sorrow that is in our life, you know, God, the frustration, the, the anger maybe that we feel, God, right now, I just pray that your grace would come over every mom. That your grace, that your strength, that your provision, that your love, that your goodness, that your mercy, that your favor would cover them right now. God, I come against any plan that the enemy would intend to demise, to discourage and to bring down and to tear down the work that they are so valiantly doing. God, right now I come against it. Right now I declare that there is no weapon that is formed against them that will prosper. I declare that they are blessed in the city. And I declare that they're blessed in the field. I declare that they're blessed going in. I declare that they're blessed going out. God, I thank you for healing that is coming over our bodies. I, I thank you for healing that is coming over our minds, uh, our spirits right now. I thank you, God, for prayers that are being answered right now. I thank you for children that are finding their way back home. I thank you for grandchildren that are, are getting to know you because of the incredible faith that, that is exemplified through the life of these women. God, I pray right now the very best of heaven. I declare right now the very best to come over, God, that you would bless them, that you would bless their relationships, that you would bless, God, their families, that you would bless everything that their hand is tied to, God, that everywhere that they be, God, that your presence would be with them, that you would show yourself strong you would show yourself strong. I thank you today for the strength that's coming over our bodies. I thank you right now for the strength coming over spirits that need your, a refreshing touch from you. We thank you. We thank you in this place. We speak. We speak your name. We speak your name. We speak your name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.